0: Uh, so thankful to be with each and every one of you tonight. We could flip over. We're going to be centered around Psalms, Psalms seventy-three, but we're going to touch Psalms fifty-one. We're going to flip over here a little bit from First uh, Peter, maybe some Second Peter, to open up with. Psalms chapter 73 and verse 16. And it says, When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. And I didn't have this, these two verses as my text, but I think I'll go ahead and read them in verses 1 and verse 2. And it says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet almost, or my feet were almost gone. Let me reread that so I don't stumble over it. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Lord Jesus, thank you for your tremendous word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, O oh God, for calling us out of our sinful state, for working with us, for creating in us, for allowing us to be your people. Speak into our lives, Lord. Make us more like you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. The book of Psalms. Psalms is different than all. The other books in the Bible, you say that's kind of obvious. It looks like a bunch of poetry to me, even though it doesn't rhyme. And uh, but it, it's when we read Genesis, we're looking in at somebody's story, like we're staring down into it. And that's the same with Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Exodus. When we read about the instructions, when it be in. Uh, um, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, 1st 2nd Corinthians, Timothy. Uh, um, when we read those instructions, we're, we're hearing teaching towards us, like almost like, I don't want to say rules, but kind of like that, going out and saying, hey, here's what you need to do. And you're like, thank you for another lecture. And I'm not trying to be hard on the Word when I say that, but sometimes you might you might feel that way. Same when you go into the Old Testament and you're in, You maybe read the lamenting of the prophets and then you hear a call and it might grip your heart and pull you, but you're peering into a story. But when you read the book of Psalms, it pulls you in because I like to say, Psalms is people living it out. They're living for God or they're living life. And so when you read here, truly, God is good to Israel, even, as, even to such as are of a clean heart, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. Suddenly, you're, you're kind of gripped and you're pulled in, and maybe you opened up at the beginning and you read a psalm of Asaph, but other than that, you're just right into the middle of the words, so they, they bring you in, and suddenly those words become your own words, and Maybe that's the condition that you're at, or maybe you're reading a psalm of praise and, and you begin to feel that praise bubble up in you. And so, you can take the book of Psalms and study the different words, and I encourage you to, and you should, to, to gather what does these things mean, where were they at. Maybe to look into to say, hey, what was the times and the conditions like? I want to understand perhaps where this writer was coming from, and and you'll look and you'll, I strongly urge you to relate them to the psalm before and the psalm afterwards. This last week, uh, Brother Jeremy, he, he taught out of uh, Psalms, or, uh, the 23rd psalm. doesn't sound right to say Psalms 23. It's the 23rd psalm, right? Um, and, and yet when you go to the psalm right before that, Psalms 22, um, what do you see? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What do you see when you go to uh, um, Psalms 24 and you flip over to there? You see who can ascend into the hill. And, and who, who's the one that's worthy? And I'll just flip over there and we can read a couple of those. but It says, uh, um, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up the everlasting doors and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? And then it tells us the Lord strong and mighty in battle. What's well, the thing about those two Psalms? If you go before and you go after, you see that they're about Jesus. And suddenly, you go, man, this is amazing. Emmy and Liam, just a while back, came running to me. And they're like, wait a second. I believe it was Psalms 22. They're like, did David see Jesus on the cross? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He did. I told you they looked at each other we were right why because there's something when you get pulled in and, and, and you begin to study and you begin to look you'll, you'll see hey wait a second this isn't just talking about somebody going through a struggle but this is prophetic so I urge you to study those things to see them to look at the words but the Psalms are meant to be lived because somebody was going through a struggle Somebody found praise in the Lord Jesus. Somebody took their confidence in the Lord. And wherever you're at and whatever condition you're in, even our Lord Jesus Christ took His comfort and His strength in there. And so you need to take those things, and they're not just an academic study, or to say, hey, what should I learn from this to live by? But you get to step in and you get to say, hey, you know what? I'm going through a struggle today. Lord, God has blessed me and I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. And and you begin to live the Psalms with them. It's meant to be rejoiced in, to be celebrated in, to be prayed, to be meditated on, to be cried out. Make them your own. What you see in the book of Psalms when you read uh, uh, Moses' teachings, you look over and, and you're like, okay, alright, so here's the commandments and, and God's going to take care of us. Hey, wait a second, what about if I sinned? <laughs> okay, what, what, what do I do now? What do, what do I do in this moment and in this situation? And then you turn to Psalms 51 and it's a Psalm of David. After Nathan came to him and he had had Uriah killed because he had had an affair with Uriah's wife Bathsheba. And what does David do? The man that we're all like, well, I heard that that guy, that, that guy was a man after God's own heart. Ah, yeah, David, David. You, you go and you talk to somebody who doesn't really go to church, but they maybe watch the history channel and they're like, yeah, hey, was that David kind of, he's kind of a brutal guy, right? And, and you're like, well, maybe your view of history isn't quite all accurate. But yeah, where are they coming from? They see, a, they see in a, um, from some history documents that they maybe looked at that, well, this guy went to war and he had uprisings against him and that he had to form a nation and then that his son rose up against him and, 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 and there's some people that died. And then you go back and you read and you're like, wait a second, no, David actually counted the people when he wasn't supposed to because God wanted his trust to be put in him and da- David had a man murdered and, and David, David went through struggle and David lived with the Philistines for a while and... And now all of a sudden you look over and you see that David, he was a man after God's own heart. And after the murder and the affair that he had here, what does he do? And it took a preacher to come and to talk to him. Joey, he wasn't sitting at home and went, man, I got this wrong. He he, Tim, he wasn't here on a Saturday night. Guys, I'm not calling these guys out because they committed some great sin. All right, So don't think badly about them. Uh, but uh, Tim wasn't here. He wasn't here on a Saturday night going, well, I messed that up again, Lord. <laughs> He's in the king's house. Problem solved. <laughs> right? We've moved on with life. What do we want to do today? I never have to go to battle anymore. I just stay back here and sin a little bit. Send out my commands. You know, I don't know what David was really saying. But the prophet came and spoke to him. And David's response, all of a sudden, he understood. It's like the scales fell off and conviction hit his heart. It plunged deeply. Why? Because inside he was a man after God's own heart. Oh, and, and when you say that, you can see suddenly see a man that deep inside, I'm hungry for you, Jesus. If, if, if there's only one thing I can do, let, let, me, let me serve at the door to the temple. Let me, let me just be right here, you know, and, 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 and let me just seek after you, God. It's not that I got everything right. It's not that it didn't seem like I have a calloused heart. So what do you do when you sin? David... Went before God, and you can see Him falling on His face as He said, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to Thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of Thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquities, and cleanse me from my sins. It's a cry out to God against Thee. Only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Ah, he cries. Church, I urge you to cry out to God. I wrote in my notes uh, over here, I just scratched on the top. It says praying here before service. I just wanted to tell somebody to stop running. Stop running. I'm glad Avery's not in here tonight because she's going to run the state at cross country on Friday and she'd be like, what? <laughs> I thought that too, actually, while I was praying. <laughs> um, and and uh, stop running because David could have said, what's the point? And kept heading the other direction. And in Psalm 73 here, Asaph, as we're going to unfold this psalm in your ears here in a little bit, he could have said, what's the point? Truly God is good to Israel, of such as are of a clean heart, right? Or upright heart, and I should not butcher the Scripture. But surely God is good to Israel, to such as are of a clean heart. And then we get this contrast. Good to Israel, of such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet almost slipped. What is he saying? Right away, I'm like, wait, what's wrong with your heart? Because you've told me God's good to Israel, if such are of a clean heart, but as for me, my feet almost slipped. What do you do? Stop running. Because these two riders, as they pinned their words in struggle, as they pinned their words in a place of sin and a place of, of things aren't right in my view of the world, they they ran to God. So if you're going to run, run to Jesus. Instead of me even saying if, oh, turn around. Instead of running away, walking away, crawling away, or, or, or just standing with your back to God, I want you to turn and run towards Jesus. Oh, and if you feel like you can't run, then get on your face. Call out to Him because He's going to meet you where you are. Where you are. Huh. Speaking of that running, we were talking to Avery's coach yesterday and the coach was talking about this segment of the run they're getting ready to do and he says they're, they're running up a hill. And he said, a lot of runners when they approach that hill think to themselves, I need to conserve energy. And so they slow down. He goes, right after it, there's this gentle slope, and it's downhill. He's like, people are going to be cheering you, and you're going to have all the adrenaline in the world. He says, what I tell my runners is just hold steady. Just be steady. And then the next thing he said was, and you will start passing people because they've slowed down, and you will feel like you've accelerated, but you really haven't changed anything. You've just been steady. And I thought, isn't that life? And, and some parts of the run, you've been running steady, and at the beginning, everybody, he says, passing you. They're, they're, they've got, oh, I'm going to do this thing, but you're just running steady. And you get down to the end, and suddenly you all of a sudden hit a moment, and you, and you think, maybe I should back off a little bit, but he's like, stay steady. And, and you'll feel like you're a champion. And, and if somebody was clocking, you're like, nothing's changed about it. You've just been running steady. And you know, that's that's life right there. That's Stay steady. Because sometimes it'll feel like everything's whipping by you. And other times you'll feel like you're on top of the world. But what you need to do is embrace Jesus. Stay with Jesus. Stay in church. Keep going to church. Oh, we talk about your best for Jesus Christ, but what really is your best? It's your staying here. It's your getting back up. It's your coming back another Wednesday night. It's being here another Sunday morning. It's when you get called out by the Word of God that you run back towards Him. And you say, I'm not going anywhere. And rejoice against me, O oh, my enemy. But when I fall, what am I going to do? I'm going to arise. And when I set in darkness, oh, I've got this great confidence that the Lord's going to be a light unto me. Oh... Just because you don't feel that greatly connected to God, He hears your prayers and you have authority and you have power. And when you pray with somebody to receive the Holy Ghost, it is in God's good pleasure to give it to them. And when their heart is open, they will receive it. So pray for them. Let them know and tell them this good work, this good word. Oh, what have we heard? Don't just because you don't feel it doesn't mean you don't have the power, and he's not able to do what he said he would do. I've been talking here to you about Psalms 51 and and David. I talked to you about Jesus and Psalms 22 and Psalms 24, but what do we see in Psalms 22? Jesus. When we see him on the cross, he cries out those words in Psalm 22, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Had God forsaken? No. No. He was completing his work. But it doesn't mean you don't feel forsaken. But just because you feel that way doesn't make it true. And so we sing about faith and we sing about faith over fear. But faith is that Job saying, even though I can't see him, even though I look to the right and I look to the left, I know he's here, and one day I'll see him because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to stay. I'm not turning back. I'm not turning back, and so this little segment of my notes, I titled it "Things are not how I thought they should appear." Things are not how I thought they should appear, and the Bible is interesting that way. We, why? Because we it shows us how things really do appear, and then we get to see people's lives unfold and we see how they appear to appear. When Jesus went to conquer death, hell, and the grave, and to deliver you from the enemy, what did He appear like? A lamb. But what did the Old Testament tell us that prophetically He would be? A conqueror. He would be that lion. But when the lion came, what did He look like? but the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And when you saw Him conquer, how did He do it? Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Go and sin no more. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Oh, I could have called down 10,000 angels. But I've come to this cross and I'm willing to suffer so that you can be saved. He would have delivered nobody from sin if He had come in with a sword and with 10,000 angels. But He understood what exactly it took to deliver you. And when He said, what is the price? What did God? God understood the price for your salvation. If it had been $2.50, God would have paid $2.50. He, we would have done that too, actually. He, you, know, he, he, uh, uh, you know, but God said, what is that price? And that price is me to be manifest in flesh and to give it all. And so if all is what is required, that's what I'm going to do. And God went to the cross and took the suffering and put it on on His body and and He suffered there. Why? So that we could be delivered. But as they stood there that day, things were not how they thought they should appear. David being a man after God's own heart and joining Israel together and from David would come our our Savior, Jesus Christ. What? He's crying out to God about his sin, his unclean heart. And Asaph here, he's saying, hey, I had an understanding that people who lived for God would prosper. They would be a tree planted by the water. They have the word. The wicked, they're the ones that's going to suffer. Matthew, I should be doing, my life should be all great. I shouldn't be wondering what to do. I shouldn't be wrestling with struggle. I, I shouldn't be looking at the neighbors. I shouldn't be in dis, despondent and in despair. What's going on here? Why do they seem happy? Why do they think, why does it seem like everything's going their way? And that's why he says, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. And you know what he became? He became envious, jealousy. Perhaps Avis, Asaph tried to stomp it down and to push it down into a box and, and, but yet he's like, you know, I felt that. I felt it. It was real. I really did look over at them and think, you know what? Their strength is firm. Their pride compasses about as a chain. Violence covers them as a garment. Things go their way. They're doing everything I was taught was wrong. I heard, Bishop, I heard the message. I learned about the, work, the works of the flesh. So why do they get to do that and get away with it? And Asaph here, he says in verse 15, well, verse 14, we'll read that. For all the day long I have been plagued and chastened, chastened every morning. Why? He thought he had got it wrong. He was depressed. And he said, If I say I will speak thus, I want to tell you, Sister Nancy, about what I really think it's like. I think we got it wrong. He said, Behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. Uh, Trevor, you can see Asaph here going, Man, But you know I got some kids I'm raising. And if I told them that you know what, I thought I taught, I took you to Sunday school, I took you to church, I, I laid it all out for you, I, I, I taught it to you, I, 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 I tried to encourage you. We, we memorized scripture together, but you know, I think I got it wrong. Look at it, look at it. I was envious and I see it and I'm going to offend these children. He's putting on a cover up. He's coming here, but in his heart he thinks he's starting to think of the world differently. It doesn't appear the way he thinks it should appear. Oh, but I want to encourage somebody who's been living life and you've been feeling a little bit depressed. And you walked out on God, or at least you thought you walked out on God. But you're here tonight because you really didn't turn back. Oh, hear me. Oh, you, 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 your feet almost slipped. Now you thought you had slipped. But life is not over for you. Oh, some of you are going through a struggle. And you may very well walk out of here and think you got a little bump to your faith. But next week you're like, oh man. Oh, when you're in that place or if you're in that place. Oh, you, I slipped. But no, there's still life in your bones. God's got his hand on you. Oh, he's pulling you up. Oh, there's somebody reaching in. You think you've gone over the cliff. And in that moment, he's grabbing you. He's grabbing you. I see that imagery. I I like to hike. I was in Yellowstone once. And so I thought, man, I want to get a closer view of that waterfall. I about had a waterfall. (laughs) The rock was shaped nicely like this. You know, it's kind of got a roll to it. And I'm over here, and the waterfall's over there. And and I kind of step out on it, and then my feet slip. And I've got my hands here. And I'm like, something's got to (laughs) stop. Really need to stop right about now. Except there's nobody to talk to, but there is. There's God. And then when you stop, you're like, I'm stopped. And then you think, I'm not going anywhere. And that's a problem, too, because you can't live life right there. Everything stopped, but now you've got to get back. And the God that kept you from slipping all the way is the one who will bring you back. If you ever get into Levi, if you get into hiking and stuff, you will find yourself in positions where you thought that was a great view to go up and look at until you had to come back down from that view. then you're like, how did we get up into this spot to start with? How did we get here to start with? Oh, and we sing that song, for every mountain you brought me over. Sometimes we look at mountains and we... We think how beautiful they are and we want to hike to the top. But mountains in so many ways are obstacles and, and that's why we talk about that faith. Jesus talked about that faith that if you said to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, we run into challenging obstacles. And we see how are we going to get through that? But let me tell you that the writer of Psalm 73 went from things are not how I thought they should appear, to things are not what they appear to be like. Things are not as they appear. Why? He says, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Oh, He said, I, I can't tell it to the children. Oh, I, I would offend them if I, if I told them this. You want to know what? when you look up here on a Sunday morning, and we had Daniel right over here getting the Holy Ghost this Sunday morning, when you look over here, hear me parents, you, you thought it was this way. You looked at the world, but, and then you thought, well how do I tell my children? Let them tell you something today. Because they've stepped into the throne room of Jesus Christ, and they're seeing reality in a way that you're not quite experiencing it. Oh, they're getting a hold of Jesus. And well, as I don't want you to go and tell them they're all wrong and to confuse their little brains, but you just need to ask them, what do you see right now? Oh, they're loving Jesus. They're seeing God the way He truly is. And this verse says, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. And if you told somebody in the... King James Version to go to Psalm 73 verse 16 and that's all they read they would not know that it ends with a semicolon the verse doesn't stop there but it hits the heart of everything it says until and you need to get yourself into an until moment moment Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Oh, he's talking about going into the place, the temple, the house of the Lord. And he approaches before God. That's where Asaph would have gone. But you know what you just need to do? Where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty. Ultimately, find yourself back to this building and get back under teaching and preaching and a, and a man of God. But if you will just get down into the presence of God wherever you're at and begin to call on Him, you're going to find that under His wings there's refuge, there's hope, There's protection. Oh, you can get into His presence. Begin to call out to Him and, and get into the presence of God. Because when you get into the sanctuary, into that covering, into that place where suddenly all it is is just you and Jesus. He says, "...then understood I their end." Oh, I suddenly begin to see how it is that all of this unfolds. Everything changes when I get into the presence of God. Within Pentecostalism and oneness Pentecostalism, within apostolic Pentecostalism, there are so many people throughout, uh, I'll say, our recent history of of Pentecostalism from 19, whatever, 100 to present day, you will see vast numbers of them that came to God came out of physical poverty. They came from having nothing to being in the presence of Jesus Christ and realizing that possessions weren't it, but that they had riches that the richest people in the world couldn't understand. Yet as they enjoyed the blessings of God and and they begin to prosper monetarily and they raise their children to live for God and the following generations and this cycle is repeated as you you see people coming to God. Why? Because when you're in a place of poverty you're like, I just need help. And you're open. What did Jesus talk about? It's harder for a rich man. Because they see their money and I can somehow provide everything, yet I can't get that joy unspeakable. And then they begin to get their eyes turned. Now I'm not telling you that you can't get a better paying job. Okay? And I'm not telling you that your children can't get even a better paying job. I'm not saying that at all. But they get their eyes turned and it's like Peter walking on the water. I've been in the great presence of God and suddenly now I start They get their eyes turned and they start to see what's around them instead of seeing God. And and no longer do they have that that faith in God and that hold on and I'm not going anywhere, Jesus. And so, they begin to maybe get depressed or embrace the world, and now you sit here in riches and wealth and and, and money and, and then you no longer have your focus back on God. And you see this cycle not just in America, but in the world. But if you can just get alone with God, you will begin to understand their end. Because that lifestyle of the world is not worth it. And whether I am rich or I am poor in the ways of this world, I want to be Jesus I'm poor right here. I need you for my everything. I'm utterly dependent upon you. I need you to provide for me. Be my provision. Be my provision. When you get in the presence of God, everything changes, and the wicked's prosperity is but for a time. And then their heart, uh, then they begin to fail. And they begin to live in fear and they go through struggle. In a moment they are utterly consumed with tears. Oh, how they are brought unto desolation. begin to understand this. So why do we suffer in the flesh? Why do we suffer in the flesh? Romans tells us in verse 20 it says... Well, we'll read verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present world, Romans chapter 8. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. What is that verse saying to us? It's saying, then understood I therein. I got into the presence of God. And you know what? I reckoned that the, pre, the, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. But in verse 20, he says, For the creature was made subject to vanity or emptiness, or, or, or he says, not willingly to this struggle. But by reason of Him, who's that Him? Jesus, who hath subjected the same in Hope. Because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Sister Nancy, hear me. If we lived in this flesh, and this flesh, like some people would like to try to make it, should live forever in its corrupted state, where we could live in sin, but do the pleasures of this world forever, we would never understand the joy of, of God, and there is no living being more joyful than Almighty God, and you can't even begin to grasp His joy, it's unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, I don't want to live in this sinful state forever. Oh, because at some point. The parties won't satisfy. The pleasures, the vacations won't do it for you. Oh, the the, the wonderful food that's prepared won't satisfy. And you're going to hit age 500 or 1,000 or 2,000. And you're going to be like, I'm stuck in this spot. And you're going to look and you're going to say, what? But the suffering Oh, you know what? When I go through struggle and I go through suffering and I go to get back up the next morning, I then begin to say, but I have hope. Oh, I have hope. Oh, it's not worthy to be compared. And you know what he did? He was subjected, to. He, um, who hath subjected the same in hope. Jesus Christ, God, was manifest in the flesh. Why? Because we have hope that humanity doesn't have to be stuck in this sinful nature. But He says, I'm going to change that. And you know what I'm going to do? You're still going to have a body. But I'm going to make it a glorious body. One that's not corrupted, but incorruptible seed. And oh, you just have to go this for a time, through this for a time. Peter says in 1 Peter 1 verse 6, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though for a season, if need be ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. That the trials of your faith... Oh, and what is that saying? You go through temptation. You go through struggle right now. Things want to strip at you and pull at you. But that the proving out of your faith Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a, a developing you. It's a hold on. It's that silver with dross in it. And it goes through the heat. But all that stuff's going to come out. And I'm not going anywhere. Joey, I'm not going anywhere. I've started this journey. I've made up my mind. And I'm not turning back. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand clap right now. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, in John chapter 6, verse 66 through 71. You look back through John chapter 6, you, you see the working of God. You see Him in action. It's a, it's a great time. And then, Jesus begins to teach them. And people find his sayings a little too hard. He had fed the 5,000, and, and he had worked the miracles, and, and, and then they find it too hard. And I see Jesus frustrated right here. I see God frustrated. Because it says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Oh, How it's just a a moment. And don't tell me that you don't get this because you do. Because you get up every day. And life is that struggle that we just read about. And and, and Peter there and, and, and in Romans. And we see that struggle. And you get up and it wants to slip it right from your mind. And perhaps even the preacher preaches something that just seems a little too hard for you. And God's saying, are you going to go away also? Didn't we go through some things together? Bishop, look where we've been. But maybe you saw the church down the road. Or, or maybe you saw and your feet almost slipped. And then Jesus said unto the twelve, will you also go away? When I read that, I, I see... This you I just see him saying, really? <laughs> hey, can't you see it? Didn't I heal you? What about your mom? I healed your mom too, right? Mm-hmm. I, I fed you. Whoever who saw bread multiplied by it like that? You guys fought, chased me down the next day because you wanted more bread. I did that. What? Really? So you guys going to leave me? Also? You're my core people. Are you going to leave me also? you going to walk out on this? Oh, Church of Omaha. I've made up my mind, and there's no turning back. Oh, what is that title telling me? It's saying, hey, David, you maybe had Uriah killed, and you maybe sinned with Bathsheba. Hey, Asaph, you maybe said my feet almost slipped. You know, I had a problem here. I was looking the wrong direction. But you know what? You're still here, and you've made up your mind, and God's still your God, and you're still His people, and you're still holding on to His promises. Oh, give Him another hand. Clap. Let's just glorify him right now. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Why we will be delivered. Oh, verse 21 back in Romans chapter 8 what did it say because the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God <clears throat> we will be delivered in Romans chapter it says we know that all things work together for good right what is that God even works your past failures for good. He took Israel that had went into corruption and into sin and had fallen away from God and he used them to bring about salvation for the world. Oh, how much greater will he bring about in our obedience? How much greater will be deliverance and salvation and hope? So hold on, church, because we'll be delivered. So let's go back. Let's go back to Psalms chapter 71. Because what is Ace of see? He says, first off, and we said some of this earlier, but surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou cast them down into destruction. How they're brought into desolation as in a moment they are utterly consumed with tears. As a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. There's there's a price to pay. There is an end. Thus, my heart was grieved, and I, picked, and I was pricked in my reins. I was pricked in my insides, in my heart, in the inner man. So foolish was I, and ignorant. Oh, so foolish was I, and ignorant. Why? Because as for me, my feet almost slipped. My steps had well nigh slipped. Why? When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. What is he saying? So foolish was I in ignorance. I, he's talking to God, was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Can we go ahead and stand to our feet? He says, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me by thy counsel. And afterwards, receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. For the lo, they, have, they are, that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed them that go a whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare thy works. Hebrews 4.15 says, Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. What does that mean? He was able then to deliver us. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. I don't know where you're at tonight, and you may be up on a mountain, or you may be in a valley, but I urge you to enter into the Psalms. And just as Jesus cried them out, even on the cross, I urge you to approach unto God and I urge you to let him know tonight to go boldly before the throne of grace and to say my flesh and my heart faileth but God is the strength of my heart but it is good for me to draw near to God. Can we do that right now? He lebo shakia He bere kite le Oh God, I've made up my mind. I'm not turning back. He quiere me quiere. Oh, go ahead, just take a moment. Close your eyes and just let the world fade from you around you. And with your eyes closed, step into His sanctuary. Oh, then you'll begin to understand just a little bit. Hear me. Keep on praying. It's worth the struggle. Pick up your foot and put a foot in front of the other foot. Go ahead. I, I want everybody to close your eyes and tip your face up towards heaven and begin to just talk to Him. Oh, wave your hand towards heaven. Oh, Jesus. 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 I'm not going anywhere, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, you're the reason that I found hope, and you're still my hope. Oh God, it may look bleak around me, but I understand this is just but for a moment and but for a time. Oh, but we have hope beyond hope. Oh, we have a future that's brighter than we can begin to even realize. Oh God, you are great and you are mighty, and you are glorious, and I give you praise, and I exalt you, and you've triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. Oh, you took the keys. Oh, you stomped on my enemy. Oh, you have my needs, oh Lord. You have everything I need. You're my provider. You're my deliverer. You're the lifter up of my head. Oh, you're the forgiver of my sins. Hallelujah. And I'm going to worship you. Oh, let's go ahead and let him know. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I worship you, Jesus. Give him a hand clap. Oh, let it be like the sound of rain. Oh, pitter patter and on the roof. Oh, he's a great God. He's glorious and he's mighty. Oh, he is to be exalted. This is why I praise you. Why? Oh, not just for for every day that was a great day, but for every mountain you brought me over. For every trial you've seen me through. For every blessing. Hallelujah. Oh, why? For this I give you praise. Can we give him one more hand clap? I worship you, Jesus. Oh, you're glorious and you're mighty. Glorious. Be here again this coming Sunday. There is a window before each and every one of you. And God has got a great work. And turn back to him and run after him. Hallelujah. Have a great rest of your week. God bless you.